Time again for another episode of Scaring is Sharing. That's right. If you were looking for a podcast that shares some spooky news and some frightful views, well, we've you found it, okay? You're here, and we're going to give it to you. They're here. <laughs> we're queer. We've often wanted to do a parody at the theater called Poltergeist. I say we. I mean me. <laughs> Poltergeist, they're queer. Oh, anyway. my, oh my um, God. Then, you want to write up? Yeah, let's work on, is there a way we can create a show that mimics like a double feature where like half of it will be Poltergeist and then the rest is Joan Crawford has risen from the grave? Sure. Back to back. <laughs> like a, like it's a drive-in, you know, double feature or something like that. Yeah, we were going to try something like this this past summer. We were going to do You've Got Mail, M-A-L-E, which we did do. And then we were also going to do um, My Spielberg Summer, mm-hmm. which was going to be a mashup of all Spielberg movies. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up just going with the one which ended up, I mean, it was a good show, but... Um, yeah. Great but no show. one and not enough people came to it. it it was it was a rough experience okay i'm having uh, trauma thinking about the double feature but um the trauma made me stronger so it did make you stronger and i think when we write poltergeist and it's a giant hit yeah um all will be right in the world and, you know, and then joan crawford has risen from the grave and uh yeah we'll go yeah. from there and we'll just there you go horror uh parodies homeowner yeah <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> like queer leaning uh horror parodies. Horror. I think queer it'll be horror. I think it'll be great. I love it. And I'm so glad today to be here with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you are the flaming scream queen himself, Brandy Joe Planbeck. I certainly am. And if you've never listened to us before, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah, we this love is, having you here. This is my soothing voice that speaks I- in a low gravel rabble that's, that's like your asmr voice yep yep um and then i'm gonna like clack Hello. my nails that i don't have on yeah the- how are you <laughs> yeah i wish i understood that that asmr does nothing for me whatsoever. well i think if you don't understand it it just doesn't you know yeah, do anything it for you exactly it, it does you nothing like it, for it me <laughs> but also this is the guy that's like you know put on the uh most uh guttural uh death metal you have and i'm like ah i feel at peace now listening to this so you know <laughs> different folks yeah what if there's asmr for horror or for killers and it's like blood dripping and Ooh. saws cutting through flesh i don't know that excited me for a second so the soothing that... sounds that put you to bed <laughs> that, that may say something about me when too you're a killer. Like, just people screaming and i'm like yes <laughs> this is soothing <laughs> And Jeremy and I, um, you know, in this first half, we talk about horror shit and what we've watched and what we're looking forward to in the world. And then in this episode, we will assign a movie to the other person that that person's not seen before. And then we'll watch them and we'll talk about them. So you already know what those movies are. If you want to go watch them and then come back and listen, great. If you do not want to hear our chatter and just skip ahead, look in the podcast notes and you'll see the the 
time code to go to, and you can just head on over and meet us there. Hell yeah. 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 So, Jeremy, I know I just saw you like two days ago. I know. It feels like we just recorded because we did. Uh, <laughs> also, I was I was tripping up on the fact that I love uh, uh, they they know people listening right now know what movies we covered, but we don't in this half. <laughs> that's true. I'm like, that's trippy to think about. I know one of them. Yeah. And I know one of them, but we've not expressed them yet. So crazy. <laughs> Um, and you know what? The last time I said I hadn't watched anything, but that's a lie. I had watched two movies that I failed to mention, which is <gasps> fine because it gives us something to talk about here. How dare you? I know. It's so rude. <laughs> Who do you think you are? One of them was old. Not oh, you like watched... an old film, but the movie titled Old. Yeah, you watched Old, or as Sarah and I, every time we see it, we just go, Old! (laughs) Yeah, I did not care for that. No, it was not very good. It's just so melodramatic. I found the acting to be horrible and the writing. Like, that's where I'm like, if all of that was a little better, it's well made. Like, it looks Mm -hmm. pretty. And it was another one of those cases where, like, the story was intriguing until they start to, like, unravel and reveal everything. And then you're just like, I just don't care about this reveal. Like, it just is, mm-hmm. I don't know, something didn't work. Yeah, fiend of the podcast, Nico, Nico the Knave, really <laughs> likes that movie. And oh. he, I believe he thinks, when I told him I watched it, and of course told him I didn't like it, because as much as we have similar interests we have very different tastes in film mm-hmm. but he lo- he thinks the last line of that movie is like the best last line in horror or something along those lines i'm paraphrasing but it's something like oh you know like i'm going home to my aunt and they're like do you think she'll be excited to see you and he's something i don't know he says something like it's ex- never i just like i'm giving away spoilers yeah <laughs> so never mind anyway the last line of the movie he loves and i think it is dumb <laughs> yeah but you, you as as we've discussed many times on this show too who who knows maybe in years from now we'll be like old is a uh uh campy masterpiece or something like that you never know yeah i don't do that as that much. might be that might be a grand uh <laughs> i'm not one there. of those people who reassesses very often if it, if i do it's more like my own personal like everyone's been saying something that's good and i finally rewatch it after mm-hmm. not liking it the first time and love it but rarely have i watched something that people later like oh yeah that's needs to be reassessed and yeah i don't know i'm I don't less know. i do it that. all the time we know that we talk yeah, about that you do. i'm, you I'm do. constantly i found peace with letterbox <laughs> has helped me find peace though with I can like a bad movie. Still rate it low with stars, but I can still like it. So, um, I have a question for you. Hmm. Uh, but I have to find this thing first. Um, my friend Allison, uh, who was on the podcast, good old Allison McGroat, she's amazing. She sent me this. Well, she was wearing a shirt one day, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. It had like all these sort of of like trauma ish things on there, and some oh. other. Things and I'm like, what is this? And she's like, well, you should know. And I didn't. And do you know about? And I, I may butcher the name of it, but Cathode TV or Cathode Cinema? Oh, Cathode Television or Cathode? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard of it. So, wait, Cathode is that how I say it? <clears throat> what is it? a Cathode tube? It's like a, a part of what makes a television work. Like old oh. tube tube televisions. I don't think cathodes are part of 
television screens anymore, but they were. Well, it's amazing. They like they watch all this like very bizarre horror stuff. Yeah, I've never actually tuned in to it. Like I'm aware of them and they do like marathons like, yeah. you know, every weekend of like just late night, like overnight, you know, till dawn sort of uh, just marathons of various. Well, not just horror, but cult like movies yeah but a lot of horror like right now as we are recording they are in the um underrated slashers which started last night um and they've shown edge of the axe splatter farm intruder killer workout which looks like a delight eyes of have you seen it no i haven't seen killer workout but i have seen uh death spa Oh, that sounds fun. Which is a very similar movie. Wait, in that movie, are the machines killing people? I didn't. I think there's just a killer that's oh, loose okay. in the spa. Yeah. Okay. Because Allison thought that there that she had watched one where like the machines were killing people, but Killer Workout sounded like a killer. Yeah. So, or like maybe that was Death Spa. I don't know. I've seen a couple of these things, and they might be confused. <laughs> um, then Eyes of a Stranger, which I recently watched and didn't love it. Sledgehammer, which is on um, Shutter right now, or yeah, it was. And I, I have seen Sledgehammer. Ooh, that is it, rough. It is sort of like, I don't know. It's one of those movies where like it's bad, but I do have some like appreciation for it because it is this bizarre piece of like outsider art. So I think there is some like, you know, interest in that. But only yeah. for the hardcore, only for the curious, you got to like very weird shit <laughs> to be mm-hmm. into that movie. So uh, a film called Death Screams from 82. Mm. Rocktober Blood, which sounds that, right up your alley. Yeah, I've always wanted to see Rocktober Blood, you know, as a uh, lifelong metalhead as I am. It's one of those movies that is, you know, beloved by the metal community because it's, you know, one of the few like authentic metal movies. But I know it's not great and it's super <laughs> low budget. So the description is amazing. It says Metal Masks, Murder, and Mayhem featuring the Pulitzer Prize winning line, I want your hot steaming pussy blood on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, Next is Alone in the Dark, which is fun. Yeah, never seen it, always wanted to. I've heard of it for years. but it's been obscure until like recently. Like you've been able, unable to really get a hold of that movie until like recently. Now everybody's talking about it because there's like a great, you know, restoration out there of it. Yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's one of those that lived in my mind because of Terror in the Isles mm-hmm. for years and years. Uh, the next one is Night School, which I've never seen, but it's from the director of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Cool. <laughs> The Final Terror, which I always remember is Daryl Hannah. I remember the VHS yep. box. I think that's on Shutter now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dream Stalker, which is like a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff that I've never seen. And Just Before Dawn, which if you'll recall, I recently watched. Or mm-hmm. I don't remember if I said it or not. I think I you did. did. You did. But you asked me because you said. Fucking good. Yeah, you said uh, you thought it would be something I would immediately be in love with if I checked For it out. So. sure. And I've been yeah. meaning to. And, and then I learned that uh, Just Before Dawn is directed by. Um, uh, he did the movie Blue Sunshine, I think it's called, which is like a cult classic. And, yes. Uh, also directed Squirm. Oh, which is about, you do love Squirm. I do love Squirm. Mystery Science Theater 3000 classic right there about killer worms. Oh, boy. Yep. We love our killer 
other things besides humans. Mm-hmm. Killer <laughs> non- creatures. Non-human killers. Yep. Um, and the other movie I've watched well, wait, is... Wait, what was the wh- t-shirt? Oh, you the t-shirt really just had a bunch of things on it. And it was it's a just, cathode cinema like yes, t-shirt so they sell? Okay. She was like, oh, well, have you never heard of cathode cinema? I'm like, no. Cool. So she sent me a link yesterday to their underrated slasher marathon that's going on now. Yeah. But yeah, check them out on um, Instagram, cathode cinema, all one word, C-A-T-H-O-D-E. And yeah, you can like, there's a link tree for how you can watch it, how you can watch their marathons and get t-shirts and all sorts of exciting things. So check it the fuck out. Yeah. But the other movie I watched is from 1972. I'd never heard of it before called Reflection of Fear. Mm. Do you know of this film? No, I don't. It was so bizarre. There are, it's a precursor to another film that I can't mention because it will give things away in it because i recommend watching it it's unusual and the lead girl in it looks so much like um oh fuck what's her name um from halloween the daughter who's like one of the great character actresses that i was literally just talking about oh judy greer judy greer this girl and it looks so much like judy greer but it's from 1972 so you just you know it's not her not her and it's not her mom um, a reflection of fear is specifically what it is. And the hmm. girl's name is Sandra Locke, the actress. Interesting. And oh my God, she looks so much like Judy fucking Greer. But it is just, it is the most peculiar little film. It's like there's this mom and a daughter and like the girl's kind of awkward. She's a teenager and she like talks to this like one doll she has. And like then her dad's like trying to like get her to come back into his life like he left many years ago and then like there's this killer with who wears like a cloak and like is killing people it's so bizarre and then it just ends and you're like whoa like the ending is like Mm -hmm. a little um it does not age well necessarily oh Um, okay but but it's it's a weird little movie one of those 70s very like giallo inspired cool yeah, like you don't know who the killer is, and nice. you know they're wearing black and yeah, running around at night. So yeah, it was very awesome. interesting. Have you watched anything since we last spoke, or anything you forgot about? Nope. Last night, no- well, I say I say nope, and then I say I did watch something. That- I did last night watch Scream Two. Okay, and it's been quite a while, so that was a that was a fun uh, revisit, especially in lieu of the new Scream coming out. So yeah, uh, I want to see Scream six again like now yeah go it was so good just leave right now i'll wrap up here (laughs) i just loved it it's been interesting of course like lots of people have seen it and people are really all over the place you know i think my husband ranked it like fourth in the series for him but Mm -hmm. while we were talking about it there was another person um who was in our show for some performances named marcus and Marcus's number one is also Scream 3. So they bonded over that poor opinion. And yeah. <laughs> But every opinion is valid. Every opinion is valid. <laughs> Just some well, are more valid than others. Yeah. But no, like you <laughs> said in the last episode, like, I just feel that the franchise is still solid. Like, I'm not... I'm not like, no, I don't want to watch Scream 3. Like, that's a piece of trash. Like, I feel no. about some of all of the other big franchises like every other big franchise has a you know like 
Uh, Halloween's got more than a few. I mean, I rewatch the series like every Halloween or try to, um, but there are definite ones that I skip a lot of the time just because eh, I don't feel like sitting through that. So yeah, uh, same with Friday the 13th. Once you get to a certain point, there's a bunch of them that you're like, I'll watch it if I have to, but <laughs> if I don't really want to, I'm going to skip that one. So. Yeah, and I feel like what's so good about the Scream movies are, like, the characters. Like, your your core mm-hmm. group in every film is very enjoyable, and you like rooting for them and following them. And then there's always, like, some, some not I'm, maybe always is a strong word, but typically in some of the stinkers, there's a couple of performances that really make them stand out. That's why with three and four, I go back and forth because like Parker Posey, I love her in three. She's the redeeming quality to me. Mm-hmm. And then in part four, Kirby Hayden Panettiere is really what I love yeah. in that film. But I don't love the movies for many other reasons other than those two performances in either of them. Yeah. And, uh, even though the scream gimmick is like the same every movie, um, they found uh, a way to keep it fresh, which is like, you never know who the killer is. And there's always a mystery in every single movie. So I think that keeps them engaging, like no matter, even though it is like the same gimmick every time, but I think that keeps them engaging in a way that other slashers, you know, it's always just like, well, we know who the killer is. It's the same guy every time. And you're just watching him kill people. So I think that unless they do something super fresh with the writing, uh, that's why those sometimes suffer, I think. Yeah. And really none of the other franchises, I'm thinking of Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday 13th, like the big three, like none of them have aside from the baddie and a couple of them and actually only in one of them and Friday the third, I mean, in nightmare on Elm street he's mm-hmm. the, he's the only one that's in every single one of the films. Yeah. Freddie. Otherwise I guess on how you look at Friday the 13th, Jason's kind of in the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's a lie, but, but like there's always like a through line with uh, a character at least in, yeah. in all of them. And I just feel like the characters are more fleshed out. Like, mm-hmm. which just makes it a more enjoyable ride than just sort of like these um, shells of just actors up there saying lines. Yep, yeah, to get killed. Yeah, to get yeah. killed. Because, yeah, that's the thing. And Scream, yeah, that's what makes Scream different from where the other slasher series went. Because they all focus on the killer as the main character. And that's really just the through line. Because Friday, Jason, Michael Myers... Uh, you know, even Texas Chainsaw Leatherface, you know, mm-hmm. they, they become the star. And that's what you're tuning in to see. Whereas Scream, we got to know the heroes super well. And they're the stars of the show. We love heroes. Yeah. So I think that's cool. And speaking of the latest Scream films, did you hear that Jenna Ortega is in talks to be in Beetlejuice 2, which has been being talked about forever? But I think with her star power right now, that's entirely possible. Because she would be a great spawn of lydia yes and, and I, I would hope winona Ryder would be back because that yeah, would be so cool I, that's been the chatter that they've been talking to winona and uh and michael keaton mm. uh to return so if, i mean if michael keaton can be batman again <laughs> yeah. he could easily do beetlejuice in some makeup like i'm sure that would be uh fantastic so yeah Maybe and, there you go. Like he's gotten older. Maybe you could make Beetlejuice even more like decrepit. And, oh yeah. Uh, uh, like zombified. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 
And a big shout out to um, front of the podcast, Matthew, who sent over that Reno 911 sketch that you missed and my mm -hmm. husband missed. So I sent it on to you both. But that's out there on the, the YouTubes. And I was literally laughing out loud as I oh, watched it. It was super. I love Reno 911. Uh, so funny. So that was like perfect for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the ending. So funny. I love the ending, too. Or what is it like? Where is this sexy ghost face going to strike next? <laughs> Oh, so good. Yeah, it was good. And I mean, the, the fan event worked for me because there was literally one trailer. I don't even remember what it was. Super Mario yep. or some shit. Like it yep. was before it was the very first thing. And then yep. there was just things that I had to close my eyes. I wish I hadn't even they played the Demi Lovato video. And I wish I wouldn't have watched that because having not watched the trailers, mm -hmm. there's certain like visuals that I In didn't it, know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I can't watch this. <laughs> uh, and I don't love that song. I'm sad because I like Demi Lovato. Maybe it will grow on me, but I don't love the song. Yeah, it was kind of generic. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like after I've never really been into whatever the soundtrack is in Scream for the most part. Cause it's been that like sort of nineties alt rock. Yeah, it's always been sort of alt rock stuff. But um, I think the later ones had a chance to do something. And they have the music has been different, but yeah, I was hoping. Oh, it's like fuck yeah, Demi Lovato, and then I'm like, hmm, that's fine. Yeah, as long as they got Nick Cave with Red Right Hand in there, you know, oh, yeah. I'm 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 down for that. I love Nick Cave. So, yeah, and the movie's like on track to be the highest grossing weekend for the franchise. So that's mm -hmm. very exciting. It's still yeah. so weird that Scream Four did not do better than it did after having like the ten year hiatus. Mm -hmm. You just would have thought. It would have done better. You thought, but now people are ready for it again with this they new are. batch of Scream movies. Maybe uh, maybe it's generational. They got to wait for a whole new generation. Maybe too many of us were like, ah, the fourth Scream, who cares anymore? But it's weird how it does seem like franchises. Like if you go back like 10 years, people were just sick of franchises. Now that's all we care about. So it is. It really yep. is. For sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, well, what other? Do you have any news or views or anything? Yeah, just a couple of quick things. I did see that there's a trailer out there for another. Now that Cocaine Bear has come out, it is a hit. There's going to be a bunch of low budget knockoffs. We already oh, know about, sure. you know, Meth Gator or whatever. Uh -huh. And I yeah. just saw a trailer come out for something called Cocaine Shark. Of course. So, yeah. And also, I do want to say my uh, my mother-in-law was uh, texting me yesterday and she went to see Cocaine Bear with one of her friends and loved it. So. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's uh, awesome. Co cocaine bear is getting reach outside of your usual like genre audience. I think just from that title alone, people are like, I gotta see this. So that makes sense. Yeah. And then, uh, the other bit of news I saw, speaking of franchises, the exorcist has wrapped filming. Yes. So I was wondering, like, I'm like, they're saying it's coming out this October, but last time I read, they were still shooting it. I'm like, how are they going to get it out that quick? But they've now officially wrapped filming. So I imagine they're going to, I mean, you know, editing, they were probably editing the movie while they were filming it because you can, you know, very easily do that nowadays. So I bet you, yeah, no sweat. It'll be through post production by October. So. Yeah, I mean, we're only in March. Oh, I say only, but that's also like, oh my god, how are we in March? Yeah, it's it's March. It's it's halfway through March now, so it's fucking crazy. Yep. Time is just a flying, yo. Mm-hmm. Well, with no further ado, we can certainly get to our shares. I don't know who shares first. 
we would have to go all the way back to it is you the last time we shared with one another oh was when i shared i saw the devil and you shared winter beast back okay. in february 10th oh that's right and it was winter <laughs> it's beast been four episodes since we've had our yeah. regular program scheduled programming yeah, regularly scheduled programming uh i was thinking about punishing us for our return but i decided uh, not i decided uh, not to i decided oh against it i'm gonna hold it for a later later time because there's something i've really been wanting to do uh but uh not yet not yet um so instead i'm gonna go off of uh i'm going off of a request you had just recently made uh and i'm assigning you a picture called freaks mm, okay well, I know most things about it. I know mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, your typical pretty lady who somehow gets involved in the carnival. And I think she hooks up with one who is considered one of the, you know, circus freaks. And, but she's really just after him for like his money. And maybe she and like, I think that there might be like an accomplice on her side. But then, you know, I, I think that all of the um the the lesser I don't I don't, I wanna call them something other than freaks. I don't know what else to call them. Yeah. And because it's, it's not a great term. Um yeah, but you'll hear that word a lot in the movie. Yeah, so the, I think that the circus freaks turn the tables on mm-hmm. her and maybe her accomplice. I and I, I think it's short. I, I'm I'm just excited to see it because I mean I've I know all where it goes and everything, but I just want to experience it as a whole. Yeah, it's uh, I love holes. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> but it is uh, this this is uh, this is a movie. <laughs> this is a movie. No, that makes it sound a... like you don't like it. No, I, I actually love this movie. So sorry okay. to play my hand there, but uh, <laughs> but it's been a minute since I've watched it, so we'll see about reevaluation if I feel different this time. But okay, okay, I'm ex- I'm excited to share it with you. I'm excited to be shared with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pass me around. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a movie that I am excited for you to watch. Cool. Because I think you've just been waiting for me to give it to you, which is why you haven't watched it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what is it? I don't remember. <laughs> Deadstream. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's it. Deadstream. Cool. Everybody has been saying that I need to watch this and it would be awesome. But then you were like, no, I want to do it on the show. So I've held off. (laughs) I've held off. And I know, you know, the loose plot of it. It's a guy that does like a, a, I think it's a, a, a YouTube like jackass type of you know thing where he goes and does ridiculous things and films it. But he's going to a haunted house. Uh, And uh, just total mayhem. I know there's like monsters or ghosts or some shit going on. So I, I know it's like people were comparing it to evil dead, uh, from what I had heard. So I'm excited to finally watch this thing. And I know it's supposed to be like funny too. So I'm excited for that. Cause that's like my sweet spot is horror. That is also over the top horror that is also funny. So, yeah. Yep. Well, awesome. Well, let's go watch them in Tiakabiatium. Cool. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Uh, so this is 
weird, I think. I don't know. We haven't had Why? like a it feels like a normal episode. It's been a minute. So I'm totally questioning uh, you know, how we introduce this next part, but we do it <laughs> we'll all the time. To it. This is the half with the movies That's that we right. selected. And you get us started. Uh, and that is the movie Freaks from 1932, directed by Todd Browning, who directed the original Dracula, don't you know? Mm. And uh, the tagline is the love story of a siren, a giant and a dwarf. Uh, and the description is a circus's beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of sideshow performers, but his deformed friends discover she is only marrying him for his inheritance. You know what I find interesting? All, all the taglines I just hate. Like that tagline that you gave me is not great. It doesn't really mm -hmm. sum up the movie. And then the poster on IMDb says, can a full grown woman truly love a midget? <laughs> God. And I don't think that really works either. That's horrible. It's like they were just trying to get people to come by giving a, what's it called? A scintillating? Scintillating? S scintillating, yeah. Like tagline. But none of them really sum up what the movie is. Yeah, no, they really don't. Queer. I thought this movie was so much fun. I love that it's short. I mean, I love these older short films that are like an hour. Of course, after watching it, you know where <laughs> there are very obvious cuts that I wish that there was an uncut version. Mm -hmm. Because towards the end, I'm sure it was because it was too shocking at the time. Mm -hmm. But there's definite things left out. So if you've never seen Freaks, there's this these the cutest little couple, Hans and Frida... <laughs> who are like these little people who and they were siblings in real, in real life. life so i'm glad they never had a kiss but mm -hmm. it also was in the 30s so you know they don't really do things like that all that much anyway yeah movies. anyway yep but and i think that they're both in the wizard of oz i think that the actor who played hans was in the lollipop guild oh okay but it makes sense it makes total sense. Harry Earls and then Daisy Earls. Oh my God, they were so cute. They're like in their 30s. They're just like the most adorable. He looks like a baby. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't just look like a little person. Like he looks like a very young child, like in the face and everything. Mm -hmm. He looks just so, so little. But I mean, it's really this collection of, for lack of a better term, sideshow freaks and like a carnival and sort of their intertwined relationships and then this one cleopatra who's what is she like a horse rider a trapeze artist a trapeze artist who sort of starts taking advantage of hans and who's already with frida mm -hmm. in the film but like he sort of becomes enamored with cleopatra because and she's the 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 peacock of the air, right? Because she's a trapeze artist, mm -hmm. and and she starts taking advantage of him, and then we're you know through a number of events, the tables get turned mm -hmm. on her and her yeah. friend. I think the most complicated thing here is that Cleopatra looks a lot like the other full grown woman in this Paris like I yes. was so confused for a while. I'm like, why is she nice here and not nice here? And then I'm like, yeah. oh, they're Two different, different characters, two different people. Yeah, exactly. They're so similar that I remember thinking that this time around, I was 
I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention close enough in prior watches, but watching it this time, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's obvious they're different characters. You just, you know, I think if you are at all like only half paying attention uh, when they introduce her character, you're going to miss it and be like, these blonde women both look exactly the same. So I think they're. I was like, why is their accent different? Oh, wait, different character. But yeah, I thought that the one I thought that they were one and like the accent was put upon for. This. Yeah this scenario and not for this others like it took me a little bit and then i'm like oh fuck they are two different women but like seriously make one of them a, a redhead or a brunette or yeah exactly <laughs> it's like you thought that you think that you could differentiate them enough but but yes i just it's such like it's such a i think it's i was gonna say less successful as a horror movie but i'm not gonna say that i'm gonna say it's more successful as like a character study mm-hmm. of the people who happened to work at a circus like i could have watched so much more of them because it was just fascinating yeah absolutely and the fact that they used real sideshow performers yeah for a lot of the cast i don't think all of them but most of the cast were actual sideshow performers so and it's just and then the end is so good Mm -hmm. so and i bet it like the i bet the literal end of this or rather the outcome of what happens with Cleopatra or Cleo, Mm -hmm. I think probably like shocked the fuck out of people. Like I bet it was like so scary. That's a scene that I've read that was cut down and none of the excised material exists anymore. Nobody knows what happened, but there was apparently more to it and some more, uh, uh, and in fact, what we're seeing, I understand too, is like an alternate version of makeup work they had done because they had like a far more grotesque, uh, like character and makeup done up in tests and shot some of that, but that was deemed far too shocking. So okay. none of that, none of that made the movie. And some other fun things that I did not know prior to this, and of course it makes so much sense, but the um the conjoined twins, Daisy and Violet are based on real conjoined twins mm-hmm. and therefore the musical sideshow is based on these characters, which I did not know. Mm. Have you ever heard of sideshow? No, no, I don't. It know was very one. popular back in the nineties and there have been some revivals since, but uh, yeah, they're named Daisy and Violet in it. And I looked, there aren't other crossover characters as far as I could tell. I don't know the show super well. I just know there's a couple of the songs which are very pop duet sort of sounding things but i had no idea that they were these characters who are based on real people mm-hmm. there so, you go good old daisy and violet who actually are the names of the characters so they are these women because i was <laughs> like oh are they really conjoined twins but they are like like you said they used all real mm-hmm. circus performers so it's just fascinating to me yeah much like uh uh schlitzy the one character they are referred to as uh, pinheads mm-hmm, uh, by mm-hmm. the uh, in the sideshow nomenclature. Um, but Schlitzy was playing Schlitzy, or that's who he was as a performer. Um, and this movie was like the biggest, I think, bit of exposure he had uh, as a sideshow performer. So, and I watched the season freak show of American Horror Story. Did you watch it? Yes, and it's heavily inspired by this oh, movie. for sure. But so much less successful because it leans more into the horror elements, which, of course, that's American Horror Story. Of course, it's going to. Mm-hmm. But I still 
I liked some of that season. I didn't like as how much music was in it. It felt like freak glee is what I wanted to call it because there was so many times that they were singing songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just could deal with less of that. But some of the storylines I really liked, like the the really little woman in it. Mm-hmm. Ma Petite, I want to say is her name. Yeah. Loved that character. She was just the sweetest thing in the entire world. Uh, just like here, I loved Hans and Frida. They were so fucking adorable. Yeah, this and time. And you just rooted for them. This time around, I've seen this movie a few times now. This time around, I was really taken by Frida's performance in this because she is just so sweet. Um, and even though it's like, man, I'd be pissed at Hans. He's dicking her around, but she still just wants what's best for him. And, you know, uh, it seems to authentically care for him because she just doesn't want to see him get hurt. So you're like, wow, how selfless of her. <laughs> I'd be mad. And I always thought, based on what I knew of this film, which of course is them chanting one of us and more uh, effectively or efficiently, Google gobble. Google gobble, Google gobble. We accept, we accept one of us, one of us. Yep. <laughs> the full thing. But I always thought that that happened at the end during this sort of chase sequence. Oh, okay. I didn't realize where it happened and that it's really in a moment of like, oh, we like her. Like it's it's not said in a, a scary way. It's said no. in, like it's just their chanting of a like, okay, yeah, you can marry this girl. Yeah, it's a celebration. A celebration. Yeah. It's just, I, I just was enamored by it, truly. I just think that it's so well done. It's interesting to have the the players who aren't like the sideshow characters. Like, I mean, everyone's involved with like the circus, but some of them, you know, like you have Paris and Cleo, and then there's the the clown Frozo. Frozo, yeah. Frozo, and then there's Hercules. Yep, the strong man. They're kind of mirrors of each other, like the good and the bad versions of... Similar people, yeah. Yeah, like I almost could have done with only Cleo and Hercules, and then, you know, our main sideshow characters. I feel like that could have been a little bit more of a side, or of a streamlined storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I also, I think the version I saw, because I got to the very end, so after the the sort of reveal, if yeah. you will, without being giving too much away, then there's like a follow-up scene that happens, but it was so overexposed, I had to like look it up, and I guess it wasn't normally on the print. Yeah, that, that was something that was like salvaged later, because a lot of cuts of the movie just end on the reveal you're talking about, and then the movie's done. Um, and then other versions have that little epilogue, like two-minute scene tacked onto it. Which is sweet. Yes. Give a little more closure. I like that. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, it's a good little flick. When did you see this for the first time? Uh, I saw this for the first time in college. I had been aware of it, because uh, I think it's it's like one of those movies that if you're <laughs> at all into classic horror movies this is going to come up you know part of it of course is the the pedigree it is todd browning who directed the original dracula uh as well as the original unholy three with lon chaney um and then i was reading this movie was intended to be a vehicle for lon chaney um but of course i believe he was dead 
before production began on it because he died in the early 30s, if I remember. But uh, either way, I don't know what character Lon Chaney would have played. My assumption would be uh, Hercules, probably the strong man. But that would um, make sense. But um, the first time I saw this was in college. It was actually my good friend and uh, fiend of the podcast, Kyle, uh, Kyle. who turned turned me on to it because I, I distinctly remember he and I, of course we bonded over our shared love of horror movies, but I remember at some point he and I were like, uh, we had like printed out a list or something from IMDB of the top rated like horror movies, whatever it was like the top, you know, 50 or whatever. And we started trying to watch together all the ones that we hadn't seen. Uh, and freaks was one of the ones in the list. So that's how okay. we came up, came across watching this and Netflix DVDs by mail helped uh, with watching those things. So that's my first time watching this. And I just remember it being like, unlike anything I'd ever seen. Like, it's truly a unique film from any era of, uh, uh, you know, film history. So it sticks with you. Uh, And now I've revisited it a few times. And I definitely at this point, I'm like, it's not a horror movie per se. Like, I think it only gets called a horror movie because nobody knows what other genre to stick it in. Uh It doesn't really. It is one of those weird ones that sort of like horror, I guess, is the best place to put it, but it's not really a horror film as much as it is, like you said, a character study. Um, I think it gets labeled a horror movie because of that climax, because of that, uh, which is very effectively, like, creepy and unnerving, but that's uh, that's really it. I think that's the only, like, horrific part, per se. Have you read the short story it's based on, Spurs? I haven't. I looked it up. And I'm trying to remember now the t- like what the the um because it's similar, uh, but it is a little different. Yeah. Oh, um. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So it's similar in the fact that there is that sort of like um the one character who has like sort of a lot of money and another character trying to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I'm just going to call them by the names they are in the movie. The Cleopatra character makes a joke about her new husband that she, she like insults him. And he is, um, he is also a, a, like a short person, a small person. And after they get married, she she call, she says that she could carry her little ape on her shoulders from one side of France to the other. And when it gets to the end, like she puts him on her shoulder and like that like that is like the, the somehow through whatever course of action, she actually has to carry him on her shoulders from one side of France to the other. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> sort of like how it all ends up. I'm just like skimming the. I was like, I, I read it and now I couldn't remember. But through whatever circumstances, like she has to carry him on her shoulders because she as joked like about pun- it punishment. as like a punishment, like penance. Yeah. And I guess that's okay. So I'm gonna get into little spoilers here. Although this movie has been spoiled for me so many times because it's such a classic that. It's always and it has such a, a famous ending that it's yeah. on so many of those fit most famous yeah. horror moments. 
And it's like 90 years old, guys. So, you know. <laughs> but at the end, after like people, she starts to try to poison, she being Cleo, starts to poison Han so that he'll die and she can like have his fortune because they yes. just got married. And the, the rest of Hans and Frida's friends sort of find this out and they chase after Cleopatra and Hercules. You don't see what happens to Hercules, but apparently in other versions, they like castrate him or something. Yeah, there's apparently some cuts of it have a scene where he's been turned into like a castrato. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, you're left with, oh, that's what happened. That's what they did to him. And do you know that's a real thing still? I've had this conversation like this last week. There is a, fr- and I don't know where the term comes from, but NULLO, N-U-L-L-O. And please don't look this up if you don't want to be horrified. Um, and I shouldn't say that because it's it's whatever you want for your body, as long as you're not hurting other people, great. But like people still castrate themselves and have castration happen. Like we'll remove like people who were once had male genitalia remove their genitalia and mm-hmm. they just have just smooth area down there and a hole so they can pee. Like, and it's not like reach, it's not like they're male to female, like transgendered and like, no, they're a eunuch. They're truly a eunuch, a, truly a eunuch, but the term is nolo that I don't know where it comes from. I haven't done as much research to know this, but I happened upon it. <laughs> and some and people of my journeys still do this. People still do it. Yes. For, for what purpose? Well, probably. So here's where I've, because of course it's like how I don't understand that. Like what, you know, because I don't feel that, but what I wonder and what I imagine in my mind, it's like a form of body modification, right? So some people mm. just really enjoy body mod and sure. bod mod, if you will. But I've also seen this documentary called Whole, like W-H-O-L-E, that is about like people who don't hmm. feel right with their two arms. So they'll have one of their arms amputated. And because of that, they feel like a complete person. Hmm. But it, it's, the documentary is interesting because it goes into things like how you can't just go into a hospital and, and say, I feel like having two arms isn't doesn't make yeah. me a, a complete person. Please remove an arm. Yeah, like there's a lot of ethics issues there. Yes. So some people take it upon themselves to do their own amputations <laughs> yeah. and die. Some people go to other countries to have it done. So it gets really sketchy. dicey and sketchy yeah. and people can hurt themselves greater. But I just, in my mind, wonder if it must be something along those lines. Like it's... Yeah. I Just, wonder you you don't feel like those belong to you, but you also don't feel like the opposite sex. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, I was gonna say because historically, eunuchs it it was like never by choice. It was almost always you know a forced thing from whatever cultural factors going on, um, and generally you know the work of nobility or aristocracy or the ruling class enforcing it on people underneath them so yeah that's why i'm wondering why would you do that by choice but and yeah i don't i don't knows? understand but there must hey, be deeper it, things out there as you know the great cheryl crow says if it makes you happy because i thought <laughs> i thought you were saying there's still like to get castrato singers and stuff there's still like some rogue music director I out mean, there that's maybe. like maybe yeah i guess there could be 
<laughs> there could be, but you know, most of that stuff has ceased because it was outdated cultural, you know, yeah. ideas and political factors that dictated most of these things. So, but I just pulled up the term nullo, and it is short for gender nullification. Mm, nullo, okay. and sometimes okay. they also remove their nipples. Interesting. So there you go. Um, that's okay. your, you know, something, and it, you, you can go down some rabbit holles. There's no yeah. porn. There's all sorts of crazy stuff out there. Wow. Um, okay. You know, so, but again, you know, hey, if that's what you want, just I hope you do it safely and, mm-hmm. you know, um, but where I went off on a tangent. Backtracking. Back to freaks. So what's interesting, though, is once they find out and the freaks sort of, I say the freaks because that's what they are in the movie. I don't really think that they're freaks, but they 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 attack Cleo and Hercules and turn them into sideshow what attractions as well attractions. Yep. But it almost makes them seem like monsters by doing that. Like I get it, and I'm on board with it because Cleo and Hercules are horrible. But it almost it just makes them feel like monsters. And mm-hmm. I don't like that aspect of it. Yeah. And I, I mean, that epilogue scene also has sort of a, a little bit of dialogue there that kind of washes Hans's hands of it, though, because she says something about like, you didn't want this. I know that, you know, everybody else like took it too far or something like that. So it is kind of like, oh, they threw that in there to be like, no, Hans is still the hero. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's still a good guy. Because everybody else went a little crazy with mob mob rule there. Mob mentality, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's the first time. No, it's probably not the first time in film history that there is a mob mentality. I'm sure that there's plenty of things oh, even in yeah, silent there's, films. And yeah, there's probably something, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and, uh, it's, it's really so good. Yeah, interestingly, too, Todd Browning himself, before making the jump into film, like so many of these guys from, you know, back in the golden era, of uh cinema the beginning of cinema uh he was like a vaudevillian performer and oh. a sideshow performer himself before getting into this nascent you know film industry so uh this was sort of a passion project for him this movie something he wanted to make and he did want to he knew a lot of real sideshow performers so he was very adamant that they use real sideshow performers in the movie and what is the name of that movie that we need to see that silent film? Doesn't it like the unnamed or the uninvited or something? Oh yeah. Uh, the unknown, the unknown. Yes. We need to see that. Cause I think it, I mean, I don't think it's a similar story, but there is right. Someone yeah. who's yes, in like yeah. a circus or something. Yeah, I believe it's also about got circus performers. That was uh, definitely something that I think Todd Browning visited multiple times in his uh, work and uh, Lon Chaney as well. Did yeah, more than a few circus themed movies. Um, oh yeah, because that's Todd Browning as well. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's something they've talked about on It's Only a Podcast, and I know it's like an incomplete film, but mm-hmm. I have downloaded it illegally, and I want to watch it someday. Yeah, we should. Do I mean, that. I don't know if it's been around so long that it's not illegal anymore. I was going to say I don't know if that's illegal because I think it might be public domain at uh-huh, this point. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because it's definitely like a hundred years old or coming up on it. So. Yeah, but fucking good little film. And I'm not like so sensitive that I'm like, oh, it makes the monsters. I don't like it. It just crosses my mind that yeah, you want to root for them and you do still, but it's like they turn these other people into someone just like them so that they know what they're like and mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean. If not worse, because they totally worse. like they mutilated her. 
Yeah. <laughs> however, however they did that, I'm not sure, but yeah, that's frightening. It wasn't frightening. good. Yep. But I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is definitely, it's one that'll stick with you. Um, this movie is got an interesting life when you really read into it. Like when it came out or contempt contemporaneous reviews of it, it was not well received. People were really off put by the fact that it had actual sideshow performers in the movie like that. Apparently was too much for the general public, which I'm like thinking back to. And I'm like, they're not that far removed from actually going to see those things. So I'm like, were people not, I would think people were more used to that uh, being a, you know, pretty prevalent form of entertainment back at, you know, the turn of the century America. But um, yeah, I guess not. But yeah, so people were unsettled by that. Maybe it was the I, I could see an argument for the fact that he went out of his way to try and humanize everyone and be like, they are people, too. And I wonder if that's, you know, too much for mm-hmm. simple minds back then they to handle. handle it. He couldn't even handle it. So, yeah, it didn't do well. Um, it got banned a lot in like a lot of countries can, in its contemporary life. But it was at some point in like the 60s is when it got picked up as this countercultural artifact where you know art house people uh apparently especially in europe found it uh and it started playing at all these repertory movie theaters uh and became one of the early midnight movies as they call them so it developed a cult following from the 60s and like 70s onward as a uh as this great counterculture just art artifact that people loved that makes sense yeah, yeah. So, yep, it was in good company with, you know, the OG Night of the Living Dead and Rocky Horror and Eraserhead mm-hmm. and all kinds of <laughs> all the all the classic midnight movies. So. All right. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So. So out of five, unless you have anything else to add. I don't. Oh, man. Out of out of five. um Cigarettes rolled by a man with no arms or legs uh how many do you give it i'm gonna give it four me too also a four solid four. right Uh, solid scare of approval scare of approval yeah yeah this is yeah this is one i think i do kind of throw this on the list for people uh for sure like if you're into especially like classic horror movies um, but you want to step outside of the like universal monsters and stuff like that. This is your jam. Find, find, seek this out. And this is quite a uh, uh, change from those, uh, what you usually think of in the classic canon. Truly is. All right. Well, let's skip ahead almost 100 years, 90 years mm-hmm. to Deadstream. Directed Dead in 2022 stream. by Joseph and Vanessa Winter. And the tagline is, he's dying for followers. And the description is, a disgraced internet personality attempts to win back his followers by live streaming one night alone in a haunted house. But when he accidentally pisses off a vengeful spirit, his big comeback event becomes a real-time fight for his life. <laughs> this was cool. It's so up your alley. Yeah, I had so much fun with this. Like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, no wonder everybody's like, Jeremy's going to love this movie. Because I did. Because <laughs> it was totally my jam. Um, I got to say that, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. It was like one kind of movie. Like, it felt like it was setting it up itself up as a certain type of movie. What kind uh, of movie? 
something much more serious. Okay. And uh, like, you know, uh, again, because I feel like I'm going to have to get into spoilers a little bit here. Um, is it too early? Should we start? It's a little Should too early. A little too early. Oh, okay. Well, it starts off as one type of movie, something much more serious and uh, like, like just terrifying. Like I felt like that. Oh, is that the direction this thing's going to go? And it wasn't because it changes gears <laughs> very drastically. Not very drastically. I, I, maybe subtly, but it definitely changes gears and it becomes something else uh, by the, you know, I don't even think it was halfway. It's, you know, like 20 minutes in or whatever. Uh, there's a change. There's a definite change in the type of movie it is. And uh, I was all about that. Yeah. And if you, I mean, this guy can come across a little annoying, his character, Sean. I mean, that was the point. An internet personality. So, yes, yeah. 100%. But if you cannot stand him, I don't know if you'll love the movie. Like, I, no. I think you can be like, oh, this guy's a little bit annoying. But, like, there's also something sort of charming about him and he's cute. So, you know, that always goes a little bit of a ways yeah, with me. That helps. But, um, but yeah, but he's he's kind of charming also in a way, mm-hmm. I find, which is why I enjoy it yeah. and why I enjoy him. But, like, if he's absolutely driving you insane, you may not love the movie yeah, as much. This is probably not going to be for you, but this is definitely is kind of the point, like you said. Yeah, it's the point of the movie. It's picking apart a certain time and place that we have been living through with these internet like created celebrities. Um, and exactly what you're saying, though, that portrayal is authentic because a lot of these guys are inherently annoying, uh, but charismatic at the same time because they make a living out of this often. And somehow so many I find so many YouTube personalities, which this is making fun of, uh, definitely tread that line. between They're annoying, but I can't stop watching like what is happening. So but in a movie that has lots of really great elements, I find that the comment section in the live stream is beyond amazing. It is yes. so well done because there's like comments that sort of get featured and that he reads aloud and they sort of like stand out and they stay there for a second. But other comments are just like rolling through, rolling through like anytime you're looking at the screen along with him. And it's, that must've been so much fun to do mm-hmm. to come up with all of those comments. There's some hilarious stuff there's people who just hate him. There's people who think everything is a setup. You know, there's, it's just, it's so well done. Like, I love, I think that the attention to detail there just makes it stand above some of the other shit like this. Yeah. The other stuff that's trying, like, this one feels more authentically uh, like, you know, a live stream, like it's actually on one of these platforms as opposed to some of the other. Um, you know, uh, things like this we've watched where it's too glaringly like, well, they couldn't actually use Zoom or whatever. So this just seemed, you know, it detracts when you realize like, oh, they're using, uh, you know, book face instead of Facebook, you know, stuff like that. Where, yeah. But this this felt authentic enough to like, like on a Discord server or something like that, where you, these people would be watching this guy. And also it's not trying to like trick you. I don't yeah. feel, you know, like, you know, it's a movie and therefore like you're, you're into it more. And it's like, oh, we're, we are going to make you jump and shit like that. But like, it's funny as hell. And yeah. that's what we're really going for is a horror comedy. It's very, I mean, you hear it compared to Evil Dead all the time. 
yes. for multiple of reasons, but it definitely feels like it could be in the same universe. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, fine. Let's my although my favorite line, there's a lot of really good ones, but I love when he says because he's always trying not to cuss mm-hmm. and say things like that because he doesn't want to get like because he's had like a past experience where like people have sort of canceled him. And yep. so he's constantly trying to like not curse or anything like that. But at one point he's like, Oh, this room smells like my AH. <laughs> and I just love that. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. And he has a ghost dad joke in there, which just makes me laugh too. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So if you don't want to know anymore, get out. Get out. Okay, get okay out. now get into spoilers. Now into the spoilers. Yeah. So when I, I and I watched this at the, you know, it was perfect setting. I started it. Uh, uh, Sarah was uh, in bed already, and I'm like downstairs uh, late at night, Saturday night uh watching this alone so i think i set the mood but when it started it has the tone of one of those uh because it gives you the setup you're like oh he's this fake youtube personality blah 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 um but then he goes to the haunted house and they build so much dread initially in the beginning where i'm like oh my god is it going to be one of these that's going to constantly be playing with my uh expectation like he's gonna uh-huh. open a door and, oh my god like you know false scares and jumps it, it felt like it was going to be one of those kind of movies where it was trying to just constantly have that like something i feel like the blair witch remake or uh-huh. requel if you will we watched not that long ago or yeah. maybe it was a long time ago i have no idea check the show listings go find it <laughs> back there a ways um but when we did that one like that that movie was trying to build like just an unrelenting terror vibe the entire time so you're just which can get annoying Mm -hmm. um which i felt like that's where this one was going where i'm like oh my god i'm not going to be a relaxed and settled into this thing because i'm constantly anticipating what are they going to do next um but that doesn't last very long because they finally get to like the first encounter with the ghost uh where he's you know where she just drops on him like a bugs bunny character and like kisses him on the cheek if you will just like what's up be like it's totally a looney tunes type of thing once that happens and then he throws her down the stairs uh and she just tumbles down the stairs the ghost uh and i was like oh it's one of these kind of movies and then from there that's when you're in evil dead territory where there's gross cool monsters but the everything it turns into slapstick with them like it's full-on slapstick mm-hmm. physicality with the ghosts and creatures and things so i was like ah that's what they're setting us up for like any anxiety just comes from this guy being so high strung that he can't even handle like creaks and stuff like that in the house uh and once they throw in the actual creatures it becomes a different ball game entirely uh and then i just started having a blast with it so yeah, when you first see like a ghost, like someone's like, "Oh, look at this camera," and he goes back and he watches it, and you do see like the sort of yeah. ghost. It reminded me. Did you follow that whole Dear David story on Twitter, where that guy had that ghost in his apartment? Sounds familiar, but I don't oh, remember the God. details. Would, I was following it so closely; it was so scary because this guy kept capturing the ghost of this little boy named David. I think uh-huh. what, I think that's where Dear David comes from. And he had sort of like a sunken in head, like his mm. head had like this weird shape. 
And just something about that ghost reminded me of that. And it was so fucking eerie. But I think it all ended up being like a hoax. Mm -hmm. And they made a movie of it with Justin Long. I think it's been completed for a little bit. It just hasn't come out yet. Uh, But oh my fucking God, that was so scary. I remember Joe telling me about it. I started like reading the posts and he had like video and stuff. It was so genuinely scary. mm -hmm. But something about that like ghost really eerie. I found well, so eerie. those scenes are genuinely eerie in this movie when you're first seeing just like the apparitions, the hints of apparitions on camera, uh, or with the first reveal where he looks in the hallway and you can see her hanging in the hallway uh-huh. at the end of the hall. Like that is genuinely eerie. Um, but yeah, that's the moment where it, they turn it on the head and it becomes like this wild cartoon of a movie after that. Yeah, it's like Evil Dead, the found footage film. Yeah, yeah. But somehow it was nailing that tone. Like Evil Dead, uh, all the Evil Dead movies. Well, Army of Darkness is where they, you know, fully embraced like the comedy. But Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, uh, and especially Evil Dead Two, walks that fine line of being wickedly funny, but it's still scary. Uh, and this movie, does, I don't think it's as scary, say, as like Evil Dead Two, but it gets close. It, like it gets that balancing act pretty well, where you're like. Nothing is inherently just laugh out loud funny, but it's highly amusing and, you know, it's creepy enough, but not unrelentingly scary. I don't know. It 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 it, it, it nailed this weird tone that you don't often see with horror comedy. Maybe when she sticks her finger up his nose. Yeah. That's maybe the funniest part. Yeah, it's gross and hilarious and weird and yeah, I don't know. It all just works. Somehow I- they made it work. I could have gone for a shorter film though. Like it's almost an hour and a half and I could have. Yeah. They I, probably, they probably could have lost tired like, by the end. They probably could have lost like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Especially of him just running around, but Oh my God. <laughs> the moment when he just jumps out of the second story window. Uh, <laughs> like I didn't see that coming where I'm like, is, is he going to just, Oh, Oh my God. He's just throwing himself out the window to get out of there. Um, but then goes back. Cause you know because you gotta go back he's got to for those numbers and he's got to get her canceled sometimes they come back yep but yeah i mean it's just fun i remember when i see when i first saw the poster and when i even just glance at it i don't get what it is i see it's a creepy hand but i feel like it's like holding a box and it's holding like a a, a webcam yeah like or like a a gopro yeah but i just like when i just glance at it that's not where my mind goes it just looks like a different film to Mm -hmm. me like i wish that the poster had a little bit of humor to it and i don't feel like it quite does yeah not quite but but that's okay yeah yeah, I think it's yeah. okay to go into it not knowing it's as funny as it is. And I feel like, yeah, this past year especially, because this what this came out like around last Halloween, this past Halloween, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. It was a surprise uh, hit for everybody because I felt like it was it came out at the right time and everybody was talking about it for a second for the Halloween season. So, yeah, yeah, I yeah. dig it. Well, I guess technically it is a Halloween movie because the guys thing he's doing is a halloween special he calls yes. it in the beginning so there you go another one to add to the uh halloween canon that is not part of the halloween series yeah i like when he's like because his name's sean and he says it's like sean carpenter's halloween yes yeah and he has I, his own music which is yeah. so fun yeah that cracked me up when he did yeah, that i'm like it. yeah this is this is solid this is i don't know this, this is probably going in the list this is the kind of movie i know a lot of people if they haven't seen it they would dig this sort of thing so 
Yep. Definitely. Anything else to add? No, I think that's pretty much it. This was just a revelation. I'm sad that I put it off so long, but I wanted to because I knew you were going to assign it to me at some point because I of feel course. like beyond yourself, I think we've had a couple of listeners write in and say, I need to watch this movie. So, yep, I think Lauren uh, was one of them. Yep, for sure. Lauren was one of them. So we did it. We did it. We did mission it, Joe. A- mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, out of five dead broken off fingernails up your nostril uh four all right i'm gonna go three and a half i would go for if it was shorter and maybe if i didn't find him quite as annoying but he's cute but still three and a half and a solid scare of approval another scare of approval that's another double fist of scare of approval Ah. (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it i want some more of it yeah. Good times. You guys write into us, scaring us sharing at gmail.com. Tell us what you thought. Smash that like button. Yeah, smash S- it. Subscribe, subscribe. Also, do you think we should do a live stream from a haunted house one day? Ah, please. I want ooh, to. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah, and follow us on Instagram, scaring us sharing on one word. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Um, and remember, Google gobble, Google gobble. We accept. We accept one of us. One of us. Yeah. And don't forget, guys, who gives a fuck about movies? And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.